0: All the clues is cold So you clean your soul And your money don't fold This is Money Talks Yeah, your money don't fold Your money don't fold We're back Money Talks I'm Troy Harmon here with Jarrett McKenzie and Justin Wagner Well, We've got a uh, financial situation we'd like to talk about. Not that the Roomba's not. A couple of months ago, I did answer a question about the Roomba and whether or not it was the, the best choice in the market. Uh um, turns out there's lots of competition for that little mm-hmm. critter anyway.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but they are pretty cool. Part of the connected home that we have these days. And uh, while I, I choose not to uh, participate in a whole lot of technology and I have not succumbed to the Roomba, um, you know, I, I still think it's a pretty neat little machine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so uh, situation we've got today, we'd like to talk about Julian Luis. Is it Luis Louis? I don't know. L-O-U. Louis. U. Who uh, Louis.
1: Who knows? Louis. Yeah,
0: I guess it could be any of them. Are mm-hmm. uh, roughly the same age. They're about the same. Their AGI is around $146,000. Uh, they've been saving about 10% of their 401ks. Julie has $400 almost $30,000. Louis Louis. Luis has 385000 <laughs> I I did. I picked three. I, I'm the guy that can't make a decision. Uh, they know they want to start planning for retirement about 10 years away. That's, a, that's an important number that we is. talk about yep. a lot. Uh, with all their assets uh, currently tied up in 401ks, how do they plan for liquidity? So let's start out just by talking about our 10-year rule. It's what we talk about a lot around here. Um, basically any assets that you have that might be needed for spending for whatever in the next 10 years, if you know that they're they're going to be spent, uh, what we recommend is removing them from the equities market, get away from the volatility of the S&P 500, put them in a bond. Now, you heard me say bond is our mm-hmm. default preference. Right. But when you've got a 401K, you don't often have choices where you can buy individual securities you wind up buying pooled assets, like a mutual fund is probably the most common. And, yep. Justin, I know you deal with this all the time. Jarrett, uh, you deal with the financial planning side probably more than Justin does. So yeah. what is the answer here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, from, from that perspective, the the funds, if that's what you're forced to use, then they certainly uh, would would be sufficient for purposes of liquidity planning because, again, to your point, Troy, the, the purpose – is to not be, the f- purpose of the 10-year rule, that is, is, is not to be forced to sell equities in a down market. And so right. if your exposure is not to equities, you know, you, you probably won't suffer as badly in a down market and therefore won't be subjected to having, you know, or, or being forced to sell in a down market. so But with the bond funds that typically are, are the only options that we have in our 401ks, they don't have maturity dates. So they're, they're, the individual securities that comprise them may have a maturity date, but right. the funds themselves do not. And that's what makes it challenging is because those funds without a maturity date are essentially impossible to match with the liquidity need that you have. So let's say to, you know, again, your your example here, if if you had a $50,000 need in 2022, ideally you'd want to find the most optimal fixed income security you could but, you know, put $50,000 into that so it matures in that year and you've got the money you need regardless of what's happening in the market.
0: And you know the amount of that cash flow and the timing of when you'll receive it. Absolutely. It makes financial planning a whole lot easier.
1: Yes. So not only do you, you lose that ability by having a fund that is is pooled uh, together with, you know, these these individual securities, but also – the funds have something they call duration, and it's extremely important when it comes right. to, uh, you know, the the, the uh, sensitivity to interest rates. Well, and, and not only
2: is. duration, and a lot of the plans that we will take over and see, there may be one bond option that's a high-yield option, which oh, is essentially like owning a stock anyway. It Absolutely. is, yeah. So the are you better off owning higher. the high-yield you know, bond or do you put it in a money
0: market fund? And it's, yeah. that's a really good discussion. To have.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. As, as a fiduciary, you'd want to make sure that they had better options. than exactly. that. Exactly.
2: And that's where Scott and I will come in and retool the lineup.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Julian Luis. I'll just call it Luis. Uh, you guys have beaten <laughs> me into submission. Me. All right. Um, <clears throat> they uh, are preparing to retire. They're within 10 years of retirement. Um, and pretty much all they have is 401K money. They haven't saved, diversified. I mean, we like to diversify our portfolios. We also like to diversify the ways in which we save. So the accounts, uh, whether it be using a Roth, which, uh, you know, the money goes in after tax, but then it grows tax-free forever mm-hmm. from then, uh, theoretically, unless the government decides it's going to change that. I guess I'm I'm from that uh, don't-trust-the-government-X generation that... Uh, thinks that every step of the way they're going to pull the rug out from under me. But uh, anyway, a Roth, uh, a regular traditional 401K, an IRA, which gives you a little more options when it comes to uh, uh, the the assets that you can invest in, individual securities, or a brokerage account if you haven't diversified in that way and all you have is a 401K. That's kind of where we were hanging out, uh, Mm -hmm. answering a few questions, talking about – you know, fixed income.
1: Yeah, how do you plan for liquidity? Right. when you know, that's all you got. Planning
0: is, for what we would call the 10-year right. rule, you know, if if that's the only options you have. Now, now Justin, you talked about uh, some plans don't really have a very robust offering. Correct. And uh, that being the case, what do you do?
1: Yeah, I mean, th- there are limited options in a lot of plans, and, you know, that's going to create some issues as to how do we go about planning for liquidity when, you know, that – for a lot of folks, that's the most optimal way to save with a 401, right? And and eventually you get to this place like uh, this couple here that is within a 10 year time frame of retirement, and the question of liquidity and how to properly plan for it arises. And if that is the place that you've primarily saved all your life and is where the liquidity planning needs to be, it's a very very challenging uh, topic because you know while a shortage of good options in the plan is certainly going to be one of the things that you might run into. You also are going to be in a place, if you don't have a self-directed option within your plan, which would simply be uh, you know, a, an allowance of uh, you know, the assets you have to be self-directed and, and therefore invested in individual securities, which not every plan has, unless you have that, you are going to be limited to those options that you have within the plan. And that's kind of where we left off, I think, last time just talking about, well, if that's, if that's where you stand, which I would say, and I don't know if you'd agree, Justin, but the where most people are, because I, while I do see some with self directed options within their plans, the majority the job, uh, of
2: plans do not have self directed right. options. Because yeah. and, and, you and, open up a whole other can of worms from mm-hmm. a fiduciary standpoint. Right. Yep. Again, and and so most trustees and most don't want like to don't go there. Yeah. Right. So,
1: so that's going to probably limit you from being able to invest in individual securities. Correct. And then without somebody like you or Scott. And, and, or, or anybody for that matter, if they don't have someone that's advising them, the business owners, that is, uh, as to, you know, what a proper lineup of fund options would be, you're going to find yourself in a place where liquidity planning is difficult. And so you also, though, and the reason we really do it is because you don't want to get to that first year of retirement and it be 2008 and you've got everything tied up in funds that, nothing's maturing and maybe the interest rate environment or the market environment is not optimal that, you know, at least enough for you to want to sell any of those funds and start living off of the money, which is why that 10 year mark really is important. So we can start thinking about, okay, what does that first year of retirement look like and how do we make sure we're prepared in that we're not selling stocks or, or, you know, funds that invest in stock right. in order to have the money we need in that first year to live off of.
2: Well, and, and I keep coming back to this because we have a participant in a plan of ours who has an outside 401k plan he hadn't rolled over yet. And all of his money is in a high-yield bond fund. He was always under the impression, what's in a bond fund?
1: Yeah. It, can't right. loo-
2: it can't lose money, Yeah. but he's seen that bond fund, that high yield bond fund be way more volatile. I said, you're basically owning equities,
0: it's, yeah, you're the taking volatility e- equity in a, risk. In a, in a high yield fund is definitely right. tantamount to uh, to an equity type risk right.
1: profile. So what do you do? I think the, the bottom line is if you're going to be limited to the fund options that you have. Maybe stay away from the high yield stuff because it is going to be more volatile right. and more sensitive to.
2: Definitely, uh, all in my the, opinion. You know, yes, exactly. If that's the only option, put it in a money market
1: fund. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a lot that's safer. Because again, you got to keep in mind the goal here is to make sure you're not selling securities, um, whether it be a mutual fund, an exchange traded fund, or a bond fund, whatever it is, at a price that you don't want to sell it at just because you're ready to retire and that's all that you've got in the plan. And right. that's that's really where our dilemma lies with the individual security versus the. Uh, fund lineup or the, the the balanced funds is because there's not a maturity date. Our preference would be with the 10-year rule to line the, the maturity of these securities up with the expected liquidity need at that year, but you can't do that. And so what we advise a lot of folks uh, is to just start gaining some fixed income exposure so that at the very least, you know, there's not going to be maybe a significant changes or impact uh, meaningful impact, anyways, uh, in the interest rate environment, as there would be in a potential market environment where you're back in 08 and things are 50% of their fair value, roughly, and, and you got to sell at that, you know, at that kind of discount versus. You know, well,
0: there, there's another thing you need to think of. Now, we talked about the reason that we do the 10-year rule is so you don't have to sell equities in a down market, right? Yep. Well, what happens when growth is good and expectations are high? Yields on bonds rise. What does that do to their value? <laughs> so we've just traded one dilemma for another, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when, when you're having to liquidate in uh, in in uh, not-so-tough times with a bond, you could see the values of those bond funds actually decline and maybe not meet the, the uh, expectations that you had for them initially. I, the one thing that I think it, it, kind of the thinking behind our 10-year rule is – put your money on the sidelines where it's not volatile but mm-hmm. we also want to invest it in something that actually achieves at least inflation like returns mm-hmm. why is that because that's purchasing power if you bury your money in the backyard inflation still rages what are you good. losing right now right. 1.6 1.7% annually yeah that's your purchasing power going away so we want to invest it in something that actually will give you the benefits of marking time or beating inflation so that your purchasing power while that money is set in bonds or bond-like investments doesn't go away.
1: Yeah. Well, and look, if you're going to use these target date funds like Justin mentioned before because they are good default options, if you're someone that's not going to look at the plan uh, at all and don't have an advisor that's going to help you do that, you need to at least make sure that through proper financial planning you are picking a target date fund that's got... Uh, I would say uh, an appropriate allocation, maybe more so than just it being in relation to whatever. I even take that one step further and we recommend
2: this to everybody in our plans. And I say this in all the meetings, if you're approaching 10 years from retirement, we need to sit down and have a discussion because you don't need to be in a target date fund, quite Mm -hmm. frankly, Mm -hmm. right? Because you want to control more of that fixed income or money market exposure. And the best way to do that is through individual mutual fund selection within the plan. Right, right. Not, in a target
1: date. Yeah. You just, you need to make sure you're not, see the target date funds, as I understand, them are going to be a lot more, they're they're basing allocations based on the age it's and an how close you are. Pl- right. it's 100% but you it, might yeah. have a 70-something that, you know, they're, the, an appropriate allocation for them is 90% equities and 10%... They don't need the cash. Sure. Right, because they, they just have pensions and social securities and they don't need it. And so you don't, I don't think you pick the target date funds necessarily based on just your age alone. It's more going to be related to the liquidity needs, and then the underlying securities within those maybe is where you get into the, the deeper discussion about appropriate fixed income exposure and is it high yield, is it not high yield, is yeah. it, you know, what's, what's the target Target dates make the most sense for the 20s, 30s, and 40s who
2: are nowhere near retirement and they aren't going to talk to us and, and get advice and yeah, don't really want to. Right. That's what's best for them.
0: Yeah, the more right. you plan, the more you'll realize that uh, uh, your financial situation is unique to you. Yeah, they exactly and, right. and what they true. try to do with those target date funds is hit, uh, you know it's a one size it fits all a box mm-hmm. yeah right. it's one size fits all just based on your age and it doesn't always work right. and by the way uh there is some differentiation among those target date funds uh if you don't believe it you can go and look at their ratings that's on morning star yeah. and some are a two star and some are a five star well what makes that difference well it's the way that they're laid out internally and It's not going to be the same for every single plant, right? All right, well, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll answer some more financial questions. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks.